Hello. Welcome to the Mindful Motherhood Podcast. I invite you to stop, breathe, and mindfully explore ways to better understand and manage the daily struggles of motherhood. I'm your host, Maggie Metz. Today we continue our nine-part series on the Enneagram with a brief mindfulness exercise and a conversation with Laura Needler about navigating motherhood as an Enneagram 2. I now invite you to practice a mindful reflection. If you are able, find a comfortable seated position. Roll your shoulders up, back, and down away from your ears. Close your eyes. Now begin taking deep cycles of breath, inhaling through your nose and exhaling through your nose. Do your best to maintain these deep cycles of breath throughout the exercise. Often one of the deepest struggles in life for an Enneagram 2 is an unyielding sense of worthlessness and desire to earn love through selfless acts. Today we're going to practice a positive affirmation perfectly suited for an Enneagram 2. I am worthy of love. Whether you are undoubtedly an Enneagram 2, unsure of your Enneagram number, or still really have no idea what the Enneagram even is, this affirmation can help you to see yourself in a more positive light. We are going to repeat this affirmation three times, taking a deep, cleansing breath in between each repetition. So begin by taking a deep breath, inhaling through your nose and exhaling through your nose. Then repeat after me, either mindfully or out loud. I am worthy of love. And again, I am worthy of love. Deep breath. And one last time, I am worthy of love. Now take another deep cleansing breath and maintain these deep cycles of breath as you reflect on your worth. The idea that just being you without selflessly giving beyond your capacity is enough. You, as you are in this very moment, are already enough. You are worthy of love. Simply reflect on these things for a few moments.
Notice any feelings and emotions that arise within as you continue to reflect on the fact that you are enough and you are worthy of love. Continue deep breathing, inhaling through your nose and exhaling through your nose as you allow yourself to mindfully rest in this space for one more deep cycle of breath. Now start to bring awareness to your body. Notice how you feel seated in an upright position, the same position in which you started this exercise. Notice places where tension still resides, as well as places where tension might have been released. Gently and without any judgment at all, compare how you feel now to how you felt at the beginning of the practice. Hopefully, after practicing this positive affirmation, you find yourself feeling more accepting of your worth, recognizing just how worthy you are of love. Feel free to pause here and practice this affirmation for as long as you'd like. But when you're ready to move on, take one more deep cleansing breath and open your eyes to a soft gaze. This mindfulness exercise is an intentional way to recognize your worth, especially for an Enneagram 2 who continually strives to meet the needs of others in order to shake the feeling of worthlessness. It can be a healthy practice to accept the fact that you are worthy of love, even if you're not able to do everything for everyone. Today we have Laura Needler with us to talk about her journey of motherhood through the lens of an Enneagram 2. Laura is mama to a beautiful 15-month-old little boy. She is wife to an Enneagram 5 who compliments her well and with whom she loves to travel internationally. Laura has been the Director of Communications at World Gospel Mission in Marion, Indiana for four and a half years. In her spare time, she loves a good cup of coffee, traveling the world, hearing people's stories, and running. Her favorite drink is a lavender latte, and her favorite food is authentic Mexican tacos. Laura's favorite fictional character is Anne of Green Gables, because she lived life with an abandonment that she deeply admires. Laura is a sweet, intelligent, fun-loving woman, and I'm so blessed to know her in real life. I'm certain the words that she has to offer will be a blessing to you today. So, without further ado, Laura, welcome to the Mindful Motherhood podcast. 
Thank you, Maggie. It is so great to be here. I'm so happy to have you here with me tonight. It's just good to be in your corner. I really appreciate you and I value you. And not just because you are my husband's boss, but because (laughs) I just really enjoy interacting with you. Well, thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you so much for just agreeing to do this and being willing to share part of your story. First of all, why don't you just tell us a little bit about your motherhood journey up to now? Sure. Man, motherhood. Like, where do you start? Um, mm-hmm. Man, as I think on that that question, for me, like, I think always deep down, like, I always wanted to be a mom. Mm-hmm. But for, like, a part of my story is, like, my husband and I didn't meet until, like, our, my late 20s. Mm-hmm. So I was very independent, like, traveled a ton, did a lot of mission work, and just really loved, like, exploring different cultures and so it was really fun when we met because our like passions and heart for that just really aligned. And yeah. so it's been really special to just get to do life with him. And so we got married and two years almost to the date we mm. found out we were expecting. Aww. And that was just such a gift because I feel like you just don't know. And like yeah. especially when you're on that journey for the very first time, there's so many unknowns. And mm-hmm. actually my first pregnancy ended in miscarriage Mm. and it was just so hard. It was like something I had dreamed of hoped for like so, so, so very much. So, Mm. and then to just feel like that was just like ripped away and just like the grief and just the pain Mm. and for something that was so deep to me. And so that was like a really hard journey to like navigate. And Mm. I feel like it's something people don't really talk about. Right. And it's, it's just so hard uh, to navigate. Mm. And so, we were able to get pregnant um, pretty quickly after that, which was just such a gift and such a blessing. And so that's where Judah comes into the story. Mm-hmm. And he's just been such a gift. And so he's now 15 months. <laughs> and I feel like as an Enneagram too, it's just, I feel like motherhood, like you become this new person mm-hmm. and yes. you are constantly dying to yourself. And I think as yeah. a two, in some ways, like you give a lot, but mm-hmm. it's also one of those things of like, as a mom like you just need so much support and help and like there's Mm -hmm. so many new things to navigate um, on the journey of motherhood and what Mm -hmm. you learn and so I feel like as I reflect on the whole like my current whole journey of motherhood Mm -hmm. it's just been this gift of like challenge but also just growth and joy and like Mm -hmm. it's all wrapped in there together and so some days it's awesome and then other days I'm like what Mm -hmm. am I doing (laughs) yes I can resonate with that for sure I feel like All of those varied emotions that you expressed, all of the things that you said, I I can resonate with that from day to day, it can change and feel so Mm -hmm. different. And I think, too, that sometimes that is the beauty in it, is that the journey of motherhood is so varied. And Mm -hmm. from day to day, our experience can be wildly different. And um, so kind of that not knowing what to expect at the same time can be frustrating and somewhat daunting but it is such a beautiful journey and thank you so much for sharing your beautiful journey I mean such a beautiful story and so thankful for Judah and his life and that you're his mama (laughs) Laura Enneagram twos are often categorized as the helper and described as being demonstrative generous people pleasing and possessive So are there any of these characteristics that you identify with and how do those 
tendencies present challenges as you navigate motherhood? Yeah, so I definitely resonate with several of these. Mm-hmm. Um, I even asked my husband in preparation for this. I was like, does yeah. this describe me? <laughs> he didn't think possessive described me. I was like, good. Okay. But well, maybe. and I feel like sometimes that one too <laughs> can get a little murky and sound yeah. a little bit almost have a, a bad connotation. But I think it's basically, I see it more from a lens of like, possessive of your people of your children Mm -hmm. like uh no you don't talk to my son that way (laughs) in that sense more so than like oh that's my book you can't touch my book or that's my phone kind of more just possessive of your people is kind of what I think of okay that's helpful to know Mm -hmm. So yeah, I definitely resonate with several of these characteristics. I think as I reflect on them, the one that really stands out is like the people pleasing. And I think Mm -hmm. if I'm not careful, that can really like influence how I see the world and how I respond and react. And I think as I think about as I've become a mom, Mm -hmm. how often our culture like sets these standards and then you couple that with the motivation of it too. Like I'm not if I'm if I don't do X, Y, and Z, like yeah. I might not be loved. Mm. And so like you couple like the people pleasing with yeah. like will I be loved or if I don't parent this this certain way or I don't care for my son in this certain way, like how will that be perceived? And like as I say that, I'm like, that's a terrible wow. like way to live. <laughs> or yeah. like well, and that's so influence seated. That's like a deep seated issue that when that is kind of your propensity, that's really deep. <laughs> Especially as a mom, because your child but at the same time it's a cultural expectation it's not necessarily like that your child is putting this on you because at 15 months he's not gonna know like to put that pressure on you that is you're so right that's a cultural thing yeah and then I also think with like as in an Enneagram too a lot of times we're known as like the helper Mm -hmm. and I definitely resonate with that description and so like I want to help the people in my life and I think about as I as I was preparing for this one of the examples that came to mind is when Judah was like still learning how to like roll over and he would get really frustrated because he couldn't reach whatever he was mm. going for uh, we had like this play gym and he like couldn't reach it and he was like squawking and like all upset and so like I just scooched him over like I gave him some help <laughs> and my husband comes in from the other room and he's like looking at Judah in amazement like did he do that himself like so excited and I'm like no like I helped him yeah you're like you couldn't help it (laughs) he just like looked at me he was like what like if you just help him like Mm -hmm. he's not gonna learn and grow and like and so it's been something that has been really good for me and this is where Josh really balances and can challenge me in in healthy Mm -hmm. ways of like how this struggle and like when it comes to kids as they're developing especially like those different milestones like if we make it so easy like they're not learning those skills to learn those milestones Mm -hmm. and so that's been something that happened really early on that like sometimes I have to take a step back like as he's learning different things to be like no like he needs to learn this for himself I'm helping him best when I like help facilitate giving him that space to like make mistakes and to learn and to like push himself Mm -hmm. Um, yeah and giving him support I mean you can help him by supporting him whether that's going next to the thing whatever it was he was reaching for and being like come on you can do it you know like cheering him on from the sidelines and maybe if you can kind of reframe in your mind of like, this is me helping. Exactly. You know, like in the way that he needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, That's so good. So it's been fun to see, like to stretch myself in that way and mm-hmm. to not be like, I have to be 
everything. Right. Another example that comes to mind is uh, so recently our breastfeeding journey ended mm. and it was not an easy journey. Like the beginning, mm. like that learning curve is just oh, high. It is. And so even being able to like ask for help, like that was really hard. But then when we like went in for a lactation consultant, it just was it just radically changed everything mm. that like I knew to make it better. Mm-hmm. But even in that, like it was several months where there would still be pain involved there were Mm -hmm. some nursing injuries yes and like we got to the end and I was just like what (laughs) I'm just being refused and like like Mm -hmm. what like I just like I didn't know the last time would be the last time and like my mama heart was just like so crushed and just not expecting at all but then but then to like step back like you know acknowledging like I wasn't expecting this, this, like this hurts in some ways, but then to see like, wow, like there's growth here. Like he doesn't Mm. need me in this way. Right. And like, that's like, as a mom, like that's my goal to like, and I just like had this moment of like, okay, this is the first of many, many times Mm. of having to like step back and be like, okay, I gotta like entrust you, uh, to like what you're growing and developing and to like Mm. what God has for you and just needing to learn to surrender. And I think as and I knew your gram too. Like sometimes that can be really hard. Mm, any number, but yes, I think especially <laughs> for twos to surrender. And that's so important to highlight. Another thing that you mentioned that I feel compelled to revisit is the idea that if you don't do enough, you might not feel loved. And I do want you to speak more to that because I think that is the life struggle of a two Mm -hmm. and so kind of what that looks like and then also things you can do to combat that Mm, yeah Mm. (laughs) I think as I like first learned about the Enneagram and because a lot of times when you read the descriptions they're like so generous and giving it's like yeah that's what I want to Mm -hmm. be and like I think deep down like that is true to my heart yeah but I think it can like flip to the point where like it's almost kind of manipulative like well if Mm. I do this for my husband or for my son like they're gonna love me Mm. and it's like that is such a lie and if we allow that to like lead us or to influence us it's like never enough and it's Mm. kind of like that perfect that like live perfectionism like if I just keep doing this then like things will go perfectly and like all will be right with the world and you're just constantly on this hamster wheel that's like Mm -hmm. never gonna end and and so like I think as I've learned more about the Enneagram and like what what does that mean for me it's just been one of those things of like wow like not what I want to be dictating like Mm. how I see the world or how I see my family or how I treat my family and so uh, I think as a mom though it's like hard to ask for help like Mm -hmm. especially like when you're pregnant and I remember third trimester being like, I can do everything. And then yeah. like you get to a physical point where like you just can't mm, like so <laughs> things you could do before you just cannot physically do. And then, you know, in that fourth trimester after baby arrives mm. and you're in the newborn stage, I just like my mom came and stayed with us and she was just there to help. And I just remember feeling so guilty. Like mm. I should be helping like with the meals or like cleaning or like, yeah. But I also should be caring for my baby and, like, I'm still figuring out how to, like, nurse and, like, I haven't slept in I don't know how long. And, Mm. you know, you get through, like, the feeding and you go to the bathroom, you get a snack, and then it's time to do it all over again. (laughs) And it's just this, like, cycle that just goes over and over. And I just remember feeling so guilty being, like, I can't do what I used to do. Mm -hmm. And, like, 
does that make me less? And like, Mm -hmm. I know now, and like in hindsight, now that I have like more sleep and like we've navigated those, like, I know that those are lies, but in the moment you just don't know that. And sometimes, you know, if after days of that, you're like, when will this ever Mm -hmm. end? Like, I remember texting my roommates from college because all of them have kids. I was (laughs) like, when does the zombie phase end? Like, I just feel like, I don't know what time it is, what day it is. Like, just so tired. And like, it does eventually like move But like after days of that, you just, you don't always know that or feel that. And so I think as a mom and especially as an Enneagram too, and when there are those seasons where it's just really hard because you're exhausted physically or Mm -hmm. mentally, or there's a new milestone and there's sleep regressions, it's just being able to say like, wow, like this is really hard and Mm -hmm. I need help. And that's where like, I'm just so thankful for my husband. I'm so thankful for like a close group of friends who I can like reach out with too. Mm -hmm. And just say like, I'm having a really hard time. Like, can you be praying for me? Mm -hmm. And I think those are maybe areas when it comes to like an Enneagram too, maybe that's not the first inclination. And so I think that's been something that's been Mm -hmm. helpful about this as a tool for me to be like, wow, when I start to go to a place where like, I'm crying for no reason. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really upset and I'm really frustrated. I feel like I could throw something like Mm -hmm. those are like some triggers for me to know like, okay, I need to like take a step back. Mm -hmm. I, I think I need to either ask for help. I need to do some self care. I need to ask for prayer, like time for like me or with friends. What it sounds to me a little bit in what you're saying is that kind of you perfectly answered the question that I asked, which was when you come face to face with kind of this, like, if I don't do enough, my fear is that I'm not going to be loved. So kind of what I heard you saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, was that when you find yourself wrestling with that and feeling like you can't do it all. Mm -hmm. So you have to surrender. Mm -hmm. and Maybe I wonder if part of that might not be like, because this is like your deep seated fear. Maybe you come to this point where you're like, maybe I won't be loved. And what does that look like? And what does that mean? And even though you're faced with that and it gives you chills and you're like, I just don't know, like I can't, but I can't do this anymore. So like the benefit of releasing it and surrendering it is outweighing the risk that maybe I won't be loved. Um, I, I just wonder how maybe kind of that surrender of like asking for help, communicating your needs mm-hmm. might be a surrender, but then still in the back of your mind, maybe there's some, I might not be loved. Is that ever a tension for you? Yeah, I think it definitely is. But I think you also get to this place of like, am I going to live in the fear or am I going to live in freedom? And yes. I think there, there's just something so powerful about being like, I need help and the freedom that that can open up mm-hmm. for you, whether that's, you know, with your spouse or your partner or whether it's with your community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's just power in that. And like the power of fear is strong, but mm-hmm. like the power of freedom, just living freely. Mm. I don't know. It's like stronger. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it really is. And mm-hmm. so I've, I think because of my faith, I could look at like where maybe a situation is or like when I think about like the pregnancy loss that we had, like mm-hmm. that was just like my biggest hope felt so crushed, but mm-hmm. it's like, I had hope in something bigger, right. the hope that God has. And even if that didn't mean we would have another child, like I yeah. didn't know at the time, right. but there was just like this peace and mm-hmm. like being able to rest in the promises versus the fear of mm. the unknown. 
the fear, whether that's I won't be loved or the fear of like not knowing what will happen. Right. The freedom that can mm. come in, in resting in the trust and the hope of who God is. Yes. It just like releases mm. so much. That's beautiful. <laughs> How has your identification as an Enneagram 2 impacted your journey of self-exploration? And how has it affected the way that you approach motherhood? So I think as I've learned more about the Enneagram, it really, like for me, the light bulb started when I I took an assessment, which I know there's like different thoughts yeah, on like, do you do it or not? Sure. But mine was through like the Ready Institute and they have mm. a lot of really great resources on their Mm -hmm. website that are free that go into descriptions of each type but then they also show like what the relationships are like the different types in relationship okay and so I did it after I had like just recently moved from out of state like away from family I Mm -hmm. had a new job I was dating my husband at the time but there was just a lot of stress like Mm -hmm. a lot of change and I just there was a lot of fear there was a lot of unknowns Mm -hmm. and so as I took the assessment and I just like really resonated with the description of the two. And mm-hmm. then I read the description of Enneagram two with a five. Mm-hmm. And I was like, these people have been watching me and my boyfriend at the time, who's now wow. my husband. And I was just yeah, like, he's a five. Yeah. And I was like, this is kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was just so helpful to, to like, so like as a two, for those that you love and care for, like if you're concerned about them, like you just try harder. Mm. And like for a five, that is like invasive. That is the last thing they want. Wow. And so it was like, so, you know, I'm like in this new situation. There's a lot of change. I'm like needing affirmation. I'm not necessarily getting that from the five. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying only harder, <laughs> oh, which is no. only pushing the five further away. Wow. So, you know, we can be like a comedy routine or we probably were a comedy yeah. routine at the time. We, we probably still are. <laughs> So for us, like in our relationship, that's really impacted how we parent together, how Mm -hmm. we relate together. I don't know if you know this, but five and two pairing in relationship is actually really common, even though fives, I'd say, are like not maybe quite as common as a type. So anyhow, and so Josh really balances me out. And so that's what I think really just helped for me to know that and how I interact with him because that impacts Mm -hmm. your journey as a mom in so many ways Mm -hmm. um so he'll be really good about asking like how am I doing or like saying hey like why don't you like get out with a friend like I'll Mm -hmm. take care of Judah and like giving me the permission he just like is really good about like knowing that I'm not great at asking and so like so encouraging me to take that time that Mm -hmm. I need as I think about my journey as a mom and being a two I know I've said this already but like it's hard to ask for help Mm -hmm. and so getting to a place where okay like I can't do this all like it Mm -hmm. takes a village and like asking for help whether that's from family whether that's from friends and then I also think as I interact with Judah not allowing seeing my value in what I can do for him or how I can help him Mm -hmm. but how can I love him Mm. It's not so much what I can do for him, which is my go-to when it comes to people, or it can be if I'm not careful, rather than just being present. And so that is something Mm. that I've really tried to, like, especially now as he's in, like, the toddler stage and starting Mm. to get into everything, it can be, like, 
oh, my house is like getting destroyed. Yeah. So taking a step back and being like, I'm not going to work on the dishes. I'm not going to work on cleaning up like after him, which yeah. I still do. But like sure. just really being present and engaging and like, let's pull all the books off the shelf yes. and let's page through them together. Mm. And just being intentional with those moments because I remember when Judah was born and the nurse said to me, I know he's like a baby and you think this is going to last forever, but it like goes so quick. And I remember yeah. thinking like, whatever lady like <laughs> what do you know you're just like in the midst of nurse. sleepless nights but she like totally knew what she was talking about mm-hmm. and I think there are moments where I just want to like click pause and just be like I want to remember this as yeah. he's learning to walk as he's learning to feed himself like just all those different things that sometimes in the moment create a lot more maybe work for us mm-hmm. as moms yeah. it's just also such a beautiful time of getting to watch them grow and learn and become more independent. Mm. Yeah, I think you make a really important distinction there, which is rather than focusing on and maybe sometimes obsessing on (laughs) what can I do for him? Yeah. To say, step back and say, how can I love him Mm -hmm. and be present with him? Mm -hmm. I feel like that is so powerful and going to be powerful for anyone listening, but especially the twos who might resonate with kind of a need to reflect on that distinction. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for (laughs) mentioning that. So I wonder, this is kind of a random question, but I wonder how challenging or is it challenging for you to, when you're stepping back and saying, how can I love versus what can I do? Mm -hmm. Is it ever a challenge or a struggle assuming a posture of how can I receive love Hmm. that's like extended regardless of what you've done? Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting when you think about that, like as a daughter of the king or Mm -hmm. as a daughter of God, it's like, it's so easy, I think, as a two to be like, well, I have to go about being busy and doing things for mm-hmm. God. And like, there is like, that is a response of my heart. Yeah. But and like, it's beautiful. But my relationship with God is not defined by that. Mm-mm. It's, it's by this gift that he's given us to be connected with him through his son, Jesus. And so mm-hmm. it's one of those things that I think as a mom, there are things like when Judah like is being impatient or it's like, I'm protecting him from something that he wants. It's like one of those pictures of, wow, mm. is this like what the father is like mm. with me? I just think of the times I've been impatient or I've been upset or like things haven't gone the way I've wanted them to. And it's because maybe I needed to wait for something better or it just wasn't the time or I needed to learn like Mm -hmm. something in order to be ready for that. And so it is such an interesting thing to like think about as I think about how I relate to God, but then also how do, how do I model that for Judah? Mm-hmm. I think I'm so thankful. Like I grew up in the church. Um, but I think one of the challenges that come with that is you, and maybe this is just as a two, mm-hmm. but like, you know, the rules and you like can live by them, mm-hmm. but then like, how, that's not necessarily influencing your heart. And that's mm-hmm. not necessarily influencing those in your circle when you're just like following the rules. Yeah, And so like, how can So that's something I've really been like pondering, like since Judah has arrived is like, how do I model what it means to love God? Mm. And how do I, how do I love my son as a response to my love for God? And I feel like it's like a a daily, like trying to surrender and there are days I just don't get it right. But then there are days it's like, okay, how can I model like 
the surrender. And, and even now, even though he's still learning words and he's still, you know, 15 months, mm-hmm. but trying to set those disciplines now mm-hmm. um, as a foundation. Yeah. And I feel like even just the fact that you're cognizant of that and reflecting on it is huge and good for him. He has an amazing mom and I'm just so impressed with you. Mm, Thanks, Maggie. (laughs) What are some resources and or words of encouragement that you can offer to other mamas who might identify with some of the challenges of being an Enneagram 2? Yeah, that's a great question. If you're a strengths finder person, mm-hmm. like learner is like my number one, hmm. one of my strengths. And so like, I'm just like, so curious. Yeah. So I think some of my favorite Enneagram resources or one of my favorite Enneagram resources is The Road Back to You. Mm-hmm. And that's a book. There's a podcast that also like goes with that. So if you're interested in learning more about like an Enneagram too, you can like look and like listen to those podcasts. Mm-hmm. I've also really enjoyed the Ready Institute's uh, website. They have a lot of like descriptions on each type, how they interact together. So I found that to be really helpful. One person shared as I was learning about the Enneagram, they were like, you know, the one as if you're like figuring out what your type is or like wanting to learn more, whatever type as you read it makes you cringe the most (laughs) because you like resonate with it. It's so true. Like that's probably your type. And that's something that has like, I think really helped me as I've tried to lean into the content because it's like, well, I want to be this. Mm -hmm. But like, does that motivate me? Like, no, it doesn't. Yeah. Um, No, that's so true. And from my personal experience as well, I literally read the six one and I was like, oh, that's awful. (laughs) That's probably what I am because it's the worst one. And So I completely agree with that. One Instagram handle that I absolutely love Mm. is Carrie Locker. And she is a postpartum nurse and Mm. she has four kids. And she just shares her journey and things that have really helped her and her family or her patients. And so for those of your audience that might be like, young mothers with young kids I just find that as I've looked into different things you know as a learner Mm -hmm. um, and wanting to help my child as an Enneagram too it can just be really overwhelming what you can find out there yeah and so I feel like she shares ideas and options but doesn't make you feel bad if you Mm. she she shares different ideas that have just been really helpful for me yeah that's great I'll definitely link that and the other resources that you mentioned in the episode notes Well, Laura, thank you so much for chatting with me today and for sharing a little piece of your motherhood journey with us. Well, thanks, Maggie. It's been such a gift to get to be here Mm -hmm. and it's such a joy to get to do life with you. And I just hope that as your audience is learning more about Enneagram 2s, there's complexities there that Mm -hmm. I feel like to go deep is hard sometimes. And Mm -hmm. so if you're an Enneagram 2, I just want to encourage you, like, go there, have the hard conversation, engage with the people who are close Mm -hmm. to you, who can walk with you and support you. It just makes all the difference when you can live in freedom. And I say that only as, like, someone who's in that process and journey of learning that myself. Right. Yeah, that's so good. Such a kind offering. Thank you again. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening and for taking the time to pause and turn inward today. It is so important to remember to take care of yourself in the midst of caring for everyone else. A special thanks to Laura for being willing to share with us about her journey of motherhood. 
If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss a single mindful moment. For more mindful motherhood content, you can find me on Instagram at Maggie Metz. Until next time, be mindful, mama.